Uyan Surah Hamim Sajda Fussilut Surah number 41 Ayah number 26 أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال الذين كفروا لا تسمعوا لهذا القرآن والغوفيه لعلكم تقلبون فلنذيقن الذين كفروا عذابا شديدا ولننجزينهم أسوأ الذي كانوا يعملون So the surah begins with that this is a revelation from the Rahman and from the Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Rahmah is now the stimulant and one of the necessary components of revelation that there is Rahmah from Allah. And those who are in denial of Allah's Rahmah, they are the Disbelievers, non-believers, those who reject the Qur'an and uh, those who deny uh, that the Qur'an is a revelation. So they have this intrinsic uh, uh, faulty imagination that there's nothing to be gained from listening to the Qur'an whatsoever. So this happened in Mecca, where the Quraysh would tell people not to listen to the Quran, not to listen to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi and especially with Abu Bakr, عنه, the famous story that Abu Bakr would recite the Quran in the early morning hours and night, and people would go towards his house just to listen to his recitation because it was very awe-inspiring and it was very uh, heartwarming and it would make them cry and so on. Um, Then one day Abu Jahl uh, was walking at night and he found another person walking and uh, Abu Jahl said, why are you walking around at night here? And he said, "Uh, you know, why are you walking here? (laughs) So as the story goes, a long story short, they caught each other going to the house of Abu Bakr, listening to the recitation of the Qur'an. So then they decided it's not a good idea that we as the leaders of the Quraysh are doing this, so let's stop this. So you can see now, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَا تَسْمَعُوا لِهَذُ الْقُرَانِ Those who disbelieve say, do not listen. Uh, to this Qur'an. Hmm. And then, in fact, do the opposite. Make some remarks about it and make it obscure and make it sound that it is irrelevant uh, so that you are dominant. Hmm. Yeah. So this is how people who deny the truth, this is how they behave, this is their immediate reaction to power to authority and so on, that if someone is higher than you in knowledge, you would want that person to be quiet and not give him the podium 
and that, so that you remain dominant. But the truth obviously comes through all the time. The truth has its own power and its own force. But here what I'm saying is that the, 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 the Qur'an is from the Rahman al-Rahim, Tanzilun min al-Rahman al-Rahim. So with that revelation and the power of Rahmah, Allah's generosity and Allah's desire to reveal his word to the Prophet ﷺ has its own life and its own dynamics. So these people who reject that, they are doing everything to stop that uh, from happening. So th- this is the counterforce. The Qur'an is a force and this is the counterforce. Mm. So invariably they're going to do this. They, they don't want anyone to listen to the truth. and They will now try to uh, pluck holes. and They will try to discredit the Qur'an. They will try to discredit the Prophet ﷺ, which is happening as we speak. It has happened since that, since that time and it will continue to happen for a very long time uh, that you'll always find uh, people uh, behaving against the Qur'an so that the Qur'an is not revealed. The Qur'an has to remain concealed. So there are two ways of concealment. One is that you conceal it by saying, لا تسمعوني هذا القرآن and the other way is to distort it. That's a distortion. Hmm? Yeah. So you either conceal it or you distort it. Either way, yeah, you want to make sure no one listens to the truth and uh, people come out being dependent on the authority of the time, of the place where they have established their authority. So it's a power struggle, basically. Human beings are, uh, by nature, very insecure, uh, that they don't want to feel that someone else has the upper hand. And that's how they usually behave, unfortunately. So Allah then responds to that. If you're going to now go through these shenanigans of yours and you're going to corrupt people's minds and hearts and you're going to stop people physically from listening to the Qur'an, then we have something for you, which is part of Revelation. So indeed, most certainly, we will make those people taste a severe punishment. We will inflict upon them those who disbelieve we will inflict upon them a very severe punishment. And we will most certainly repay them with the worst of what they have done. Aswa, the worst, okay, meaning their uh, actions are evil and the result of their actions is a re- evil recompense. Um, so it's basically the result of their own actions that they will unfortunately see see and reap and then taste. So Allah is saying, uh, you do this, then this will happen as cause and effect, as I've mentioned several times before. That is, the fire is the punishment for these enemies of Allah. Allah, those who don't want people to listen to Allah's words are now the enemies of Allah. So here the Qur'an is making a very definitive statement that they don't like Allah, they don't like Allah's words, they don't want people to listen to Allah's words and therefore they are the enemies of Allah. 
And what is now their punishment? Al-nar, the fire. Yeah. If you are enemies of Allah and the Rasul and the Qur'an, then your natural consequence is that you'll burn. لَهُمْ فِيهَا دَارُ الْخُلْفُ them. In there, in the fire, there is the abode of eternity and uh, everything else that comes along with me. They'll live there forever because they're always in denial, they're always in kufr. Since their kufr is embodied with them and through them and it's become part of their DNA, they cannot escape that kufr, neither here nor there. So the result of kufr in this world is denial and the result of kufr in the other world is a translation of that which is the fire and Allah save us all from there this is equal recompense for whatever it is that they denied uh, and they rejected uh, and they confronted all of those words will come here Jazan means that there's a cause and effect there's an equal compensation that this results in this. So their denial results in this and their juhad, their rejection and their, 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 their desire to, to subvert the truth results in this also. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is revealing to them their fate. So the Quran is from the Rahman, the Rahim. So the Rahman, the Rahim, when he reveals, he reveals both the Bashara and the Indar, the warning. The good news and the warning. So that is a complete revelation and is not left incomplete. And the Quran is total, comprehensive and holistic and so on. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا رَبَّنَا أَرِنَ الَّذِينِ أَضَلَّانَا مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ and those who disbelieve, they also say that our Lord show us now those two from the jinn and the inns who are now misguiding us. We will make them under our feet. We will render them under our feet. We will make them submissive to us and we will force them to do things and so that they are now from the lowest of the low, and so on. So this, the, the, the Quraysh would have these discussions amongst themselves, and then also with the Prophet ﷺ, they would come to him and have these discussions and make these claims and say, you can do what you want, bring to us anybody, uh, whether they're jinn or from the inns, and then we will show them who we are and uh, what we are. So the open denial more than denies the open confrontation with the Prophet ﷺ and with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this word that they're using here, Rabbana, our Lord, it is sarcastic. It's, it's out of sarcasm that they're using the word Rabbana. They don't actually believe that Allah is their Lord the way the Prophet ﷺ believes Allah is his Lord. And so on. So this is now again the usual tactics of people who are in authority, in power, that they will do anything, and they will take on challenges too. That if they see that there's nothing's going to happen here, take on challenges where uh, the Namrud in front of 
Ibrahim Salam took on the challenge of Ibrahim Salam that uh, Allah is the one who gives life and death. So Namrud, I can do that very easily. So the Quraysh were no less than Namrud in their opposition against the Prophet They exercised their power, their influence, their prestige, their honor, their economics, and everything else. And the, they boycotted the Muslims and made sure that they were starved um, almost to death uh, in the Wadi al-Shuhashiba. So they did everything in order to, to, to subvert uh, the truth in the Quran, in order to make the Muslims make those who are downtrodden and they are the lowest of the low. So they did all this while the Prophet was in Makkah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them, protected them, and gave them uh, eventual victory. Yeah. So this is one group of people who are in the state of kufr and denial, rejection. And as I mentioned, Allah then exposes and reveals the opposite group of people. This is revealed for those Muslims who are suffering, being persecuted in Mecca at the hands of the Quraysh and the other Kuffar, that they were going through trials and tribulations, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down reassurances for these people, and Allah then commands them and addresses them this way, that indeed those people who say, Our Lord is Allah. So in the previous ayah, those who were now the deniers, they said, Rabbana, our Lord, as I said, out of sarcasm and derision. Here, Allah is using the same word to say that those who indeed genuinely believe Allah is their Lord, they have to say it. That Allah is our Lord, Rabbun Allah. So now, as they say it, they become it. And how do you become it? They remain steadfast on it. They remain constant on it. They remain consistent with it. They abide by it. They live by the word that they speak. And they prove themselves worthy of the word by uh, withstanding all the persecution and all the trials and tribulations uh, that are levied against them in the name of their Lord Allah and in the name of their Nabi Muhammad وسلم, in the name of their deen, which is Islam. So the istiqamu, that they seek now, straightness, yeah, which is a tall order. So in the word istiqama, there is an understanding, implied understanding, that there is work and effort required in order for you to remain constant and firm on your word. It's not something that happens naturally. There is work that is required. That with iman you have to work. There is amal. It's not that... that you switch on the light of Iman and all of a sudden uh, you are there. No. Then your Iman, unfortunately, has to be tested. 
you go through you go through ups and downs and you're constantly reminded that you're not in charge and you're constantly reminded that things may go wrong they do go wrong and you're constantly challenged to now remain firm on your belief your conviction that Allah is your lord and that is how you must see yourself in life that life is not a straight line life comes up and down life meanders like a river life changes courses at every phase and then nothing remains the same in life there are good days and there are bad days the weather changes all the time the seasons change the night and day change you change physically so how do you expect anything else not to change change is part of you and is part of life so now how do you manage and negotiate change by istiqama remaining on the straight path stay firm remain focused stay your course don't deviate and don't meander and move with the change i say go with the times no you don't do that. go with the times you go with your iman okay go with the crowd uh, so we don't do that we remain firm we don't change our goal posts just because the game is becoming tough <laughs> every time the game gets tough you change your goal posts and that, that's now the liberal muslim that you become expedient and you make islam conveniently fit into your perception of reality that's not istiqamah that's we judge that's called being crooked yeah the crookedness is that and this you mean me under this way so then you you slide like a snake in the grass you go in this way and this way with the people who are tested because of their iman they remain firm they're convinced that this is the truth and they want to stay firm on that but it requires uh, stamina uh, it requires resilience it requires resistance it requires sabr endurance patience steadfastness consistency coherency all of these values that people simply do not appreciate anymore they value only expediency convenience and going with the flow if that's your your level of iman then you know you really need help from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you need to come to terms with your uh, statement that allah is my lord uh, so you say allah is my lord with your tongue but do you say allah is my lord with your life with your thinking with your imagination with your you know constant uh, what do you call it um, understanding of how things change and develop and so on so things in the world in the universe in you outside of you will always change that's how allah has designed the universe things change and they change with rules and regulations they don't change necessarily randomly but they change likewise if you do change you must change for the better not for the worse inna alladhina qalu rabbuna allah thumma istaqamu they remain first firm until when until they die so this bashara and this glad tidings is for the person who has remained constant firm on his belief that allah is my lord and although it has been difficult it's a difficult ride it's a difficult path no one is saying that is a rose garden 
you're not going to get the red carpet treatment just because you're Muslim. Uh, so you'll be faced with these uh, realities of life, but you remain firm, you've stayed your course now, you are about to die. And when you're about to die, what happens? Angels descend upon him, upon them. Mm. So this is Bashar at the time of a person's death, that he's remained firm, he's remained firm uh, with his conviction now, he gets to see the glad tidings of the other world. So angels come down. Angels of Rahmah come down. As I said, as I said before, if you see an angel, that means you're dying. <laughs> Meaning that you, should, you shouldn't say to anybody, I've seen an angel, because that's a lie. You cannot see an angel and then remain alive. Mm. Very few, except there's only one instant in a Sahabi where he actually saw an angel at Badr and reported to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that is ajeeb because usually you would die if you see a real angel and you reported the, the idea of the Prophet uh, when they, they saw Jibreel come, they didn't know he was an angel until afterwards. So there, that's the issue there. But here, this Bashara is when uh, someone is about to die and he's remained firm with his iman throughout his life, then Allah gives him glad tidings before he goes to the grave. Signs of acceptance and signs of Allah's rahmah coming upon him. So now, Tanzeel min rahman rahim that this is a Tanzeel revelation from the Rahman rahim What does the Rahman rahim want you to do? He wants you to reap enough rahmah so that you're able to receive the Rahmah in the other world. Hmm. So you have to be equipped to receive the Rahmah in the other world, and that is by believing in the Qur'an, believing in the Prophet, believing in the deen of Muhammad, وسلم, remaining firm on it. Istiqamah. Allah taqafu wa la tahzanu. And then the angels will then say to this person who is about to die that you should not fear and you should not grieve. You should not fear what's coming in front of you and you should not grieve over what you are leaving behind you. So khawf is that about what is imminent and grief is about what is left behind. And that's usually the difference between the two. So now you don't have to fear anything in future because we are going to be there with you, we're going to protect you and you don't have to grieve about what you have left behind because they'll be okay. They know you've had a good life. And mashallah, you've been constant and firm on this. And now you should be given glad tidings of the Jannah which you have been promised. Now the time for Bashar and glad tidings are here. We're going to give you glad tidings that we are now going to escort you as part of Allah's Rahmah and give you this now carpet treatment. We're going to be with you and we're going to escort you into Jannah. So this is now the reward for those who believe in Allah, the Qur'an, uh, the Sunnah and the Deen. And so it's a huge bashara uh, for those who have istiqah, meaning that the Muslims uh, must appreciate this ayah uh, in contrast to the people who said, don't listen to this Qur'an. And they try to distort the words of the Qur'an and the meanings of the Qur'an also. Uh, so that no one listens to the truth. Here you are listening to the truth, 
you are reciting the truth, you are adapting the truth, you are living by the truth. And uh, once you do that, over 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, however long you live, then you'll then be in uh, perpetual and eternal comfort, which is the meaning of Allah's Rahmah. Allah's Rahmah is expressed as you die and after you die also. That we are your guardians and your patrons and your friends in this world and also in the Akhirah, meaning that the angels who will receive them know exactly how yeah, you have lived and they, they, they are part of your life here. Uh, they have been looking at you, they've been observing you and sometimes they may might have, might have even inspired you to do things in such a way that you would not otherwise be inspired. I mean, the angels do inspire us. That is part of the sunnah except we don't see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we make dua then the angels say Ameen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the Imam says, and uh, we say, Amin, then the Prophet said that, Man that when your Amin corresponds with the Amin of the angels, your sins are forgiven. So the angels say, Amin, to the du'as that we make. That is well known, established in the hadith. So, when we have uh, gatherings of ilm and dhikr, angels surround us and they become part of the gathering and they inspire thoughts and ideas into our minds, into our hearts, into our chests, etc. So angels are always with us. Uh, there now they're saying as they're dying, we have been your friends, your patrons in this world, but we will continue to be your friends with in the Akhirah, that we will see you through the proceedings of the Day of Judgment, and eventually we will escort you into Jannah. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدْعُونَ Now, since you had sacrificed your temptations and your desires and your likes and dislikes for the sake of Allah, and since you refrained from sin and from uh, disobedience, now you are going into an abode where you will have whatever you want. So in there, meaning in Jannah, you will have whatever your nafs desires, whatever your soul desires, tashtahi. Uh, it's much more than desires, ishtiha, with something that you crave. Hmm? Yeah, Human beings desire and crave all the time. So here in Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to these people that whatever you crave, you will get. And it will be beneficial for you, it will be very delicious for you, it will be very pleasing for you, and you'll get a lot of pleasure out of whatever it is that you want. And, so on. Um, and in there, anything that you call for, right, and anything that you ask for, uh, will be given to you there. Yeah. That is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now going to now treat you. Nuzulam min ghafoor rahim Nuzul is hospitality, uh, that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be your host and he will be treating you with all of these gifts and bounties. So Jannah is a place 
where we are guests of Allah and Allah is the host and obviously he is the best host and he does everything for us. He builds us houses in Jannah. If we build a masjid for him here, he gives us reward for our actions. Uh, if we do the good deeds here, then he creates everything for us there. And more than that, he allows us to become in a very, very small way, something like him, that we will create whatever we need from our hearts. We will imagine something and it will be. So we will become very, very, very minuscule creators in that place that is called Jannah. So this is how Allah will be our host, hospitality. Nuzulam min rahim from the one who is very forgiving. He will forgive our sins, and because he forgives our sins, he will make us eligible to enter Jannah. Rahim, and then he will show his rahmah to us in Jannah by giving us this ability to enjoy everything that we create and then enjoy everything else that he gives us. So in Jannah, there are two types of now manifestations of Allah's rahmah. One is that which is based on the amal and the dua and the raf'ud darajat, the raising of the ranks, and the other is what Allah gives you. Because he's the host, he has the prerogative to give you. So you'll have those both, that you'll have all the jaza, the reward of the actions that you do here, the reward for salat and the reward for salm and zakat and hajj and good deeds. And everything. So there will be separate rewards for all of these actions. And when we uh, enjoy those rewards, we will know this is the reward for this, this and that. Okay. So that will be one thing. The other is what Allah gives, which is not based on our deeds or actions, based, based on his fadl, pure fadl of Allah. Allah no, what is that? Allah will show himself, reveal himself, which is the highest form of ni'mah in Jannah. Allah will recite the Qur'an to us, which is also the highest form of ni'mah in Jannah. So these are rewards that Allah has given, the hosting. So the host will give you things that are, what do you call it, on the buffet table. <laughs> He'll do a spread. Everybody has these gifts. And there'll be another reward which Allah will now give us a surprise for us. So those are two different types of reward. For whom? For those who have istiqama. Those who are constant and they're firm on their conviction that Allah is their Lord. Allah is the one who's raising me, he's testing me, he's taking me through this, this and that all the time. How do I respond to this? And if you respond with iman, and it's the qama, Allah will reward you this way. And the way that will be done is that you'll be escorted by the angels who will give you bashara at the time of your death and uh, save, uh, protect you in your grave and then be with you on the day of judgment. So all the proceedings of the day of judgment are now done in a very smooth way and you are not uh, at all disturbed with any kind of fear and you have no grief or sorrow whatsoever for anything that you did not do or did not receive in the dunya, which is an important point. Sometimes we miss things. Things that were supposed to happen do not happen, then we grieve, we lament. 
and we go into this kind of self-victimizing mode. I'm the victim here, and we feel sorry for ourselves. And we continue to feel sorry for ourselves for missing that or not having that for years, for decades, maybe until we die. <laughs> so that's not la tahzanu. You must not grieve for whatever it is that you've lost. It wasn't meant for you. Allah didn't write it for you. So now get over it and move forward. Don't stay there, uh, kind of craving that and dwelling in that and uh, punishing yourself uh, for not having that. Just move on. Although it's difficult, it's easier said than done to move on, but you have to, if you want to get this bashara. So this bashara is for those who remain constant and firm on their conviction that Allah is their Lord. Uh, so now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions now this group of people uh, who are this way. There's another group of people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to bring into the discussion here. They are slightly higher than the first one, the one we just discussed. So you have these three groups. One is the kuffar, those who disbelieve in the Qur'an and they don't want to listen to the Qur'an, they don't want others to listen to the Qur'an, they don't want to understand the Qur'an, they don't want others to understand the Qur'an. So that, that's one category. Second category are those people who now just believe Allah is their Lord and they remain firm on their conviction and they do everything that Allah wants them to do. So they're basically, they're, they're okay, they're good Muslims, they're pious, etc. And the third group is higher okay, than the second group. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَمِنَ الصَّالِحَةِ وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ This is the third group. Who can be better in speech than the one who calls towards Allah and then does good deeds? And, this, and then says, indeed, I am from those who submit to Allah's will. So in the previous one, they said, Qal Rabbun Allah. They said, Allah is our Lord. This one says, no, innani minan muslimin. I am from those who submit. Which is a step higher, a grade higher. So here you have now uh, several issues. One is that uh, many people call towards many things. You give dawah. You invite to many things in life. Hmm? Yeah. So who is the da'i? So the shaitan is a da'i. Hmm? He calls people towards uh, dhulm and kufr and shirk and ma'asiyah, disobedience and sin, enmity, hatred, etc., and he calls people towards the hell, which is mentioned there, Surah Ibrahim. That, uh, uh, that I call you towards the fire, and so on. So he's, he's also a da'i, the shaitan is a da'i. Then you have Dajjal who's calling towards worshipping him. And they have these people in life who call towards worshipping them, glorifying them. Uh, honoring them, and then you have people who call towards ideologies and theories and policies and politics and all of these things that uh, people call towards. Them. And you have others who call each other towards sin in terms of friendship and uh, companionship and all of that, which we spoke a little bit about last week. And then you have your others who now call you towards parties and towards having fun and good times albeit halal and sometimes sometimes haram and all that. So now people are always calling. 
people by definition of a social society are always calling. There's always a dawa. So the parent is calling the child towards loving the parent, obeying the parent, respecting the parent, and the child is calling towards the parent to give attention, to seek attention. And the husband is calling towards the wife, and the wife is calling towards the husband. So these are du'at, these are people who call, da'i. Everyone's in a, a state of calling someone for something. Um, everybody is, regardless who you are, what you are. Yeah, if nothing, then you're calling towards yourself, calling yourself towards something, to do something. Right. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and that who can be the more better than in statement than the one who calls towards Allah. Allah is the Khaliq, Allah is the Malik, Allah is the Creator, Allah is the Ma'bud, and uh, there can be no better person in statement than the one who calls towards Allah, primarily the Prophets, the Anbiya, that they all call people towards Allah. Uh, in which sense? In the sense that uh, He is the Creator, Maker, the planner, the fashioner, the designer of the universe, in that sense, at the macro level. Hmm. Yeah. At which level? The macro level. Yeah. I mean that you call people towards belief in one being who is supreme, who creates you, who makes you, who does everything for you. Uh, that's number one. That's the prophets, they do that. And then uh, through the inheritance of prophethood, the people who inherit that, they also call others towards Allah, towards uh, worshipping Allah, showing people how to worship Allah, etc. That they're also calling, so the teachers who teach how to worship Allah, they're calling towards Allah. Hmm? Yeah, that is just by extension. Salihan, And then they themselves do good deeds. It's not that they're du'at, they're da'is, and they're calling people, but they also themselves do good deeds, which is a prerequisite for the Bashar here, that they have their own agenda for self-reformation, for ibadah, for worship, to purify themselves and to make themselves better, <coughs> etc. So they call, their mission is that everybody should worship Allah, should honor Allah, respect Allah. And then they do that themselves, so they practice what they preach. And then thirdly, which is much more important, is that And then they say that indeed I am from those who submit to Allah's will, meaning that in my effort to call people towards Allah and in my effort to do good deeds, there are going to be moments and occasions and phases where I might have to swallow the bitter pill of rejection and disappointment and anxiety and uh, anger and all of this. So I'm, now, I'm going to submit to Allah's will. That's what Mir Muslim means. The Muslim here does not necessarily mean Islam here, that I'm from the Muslims. Because you already established that through calling people towards Allah and doing good deeds. Here it means that at the micro level, that in your own personal life, if you are faced with difficulties, problems, rejections, denials, accusations, and everything else that comes with the work of calling people towards Allah, then I will submit to the will of Allah, and I will follow the, 
the model of the Prophet Then you can say that you are the best in statement. Uh, if you don't do that, you're not the best in statement yet. You're getting there slowly. Eventually you'll get there. So here that if you want to be seen as the person who does the most good for yourself and for others, then you must follow this ayah. And uh, who does that primarily as part of their work description? All the prophets. So there's no greater benefactor to mankind and for mankind than the prophets, based on this ayah. There can be no one who has a better call and a better, what do you call it, calling and a better message and mission than the prophets. Why? Because they all call towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Yeah. And they, all of them said that. That, وَعُبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ Worship your Lord, worship Allah. Da'i, du'at Allah. They all said this. And in order for them to be able to do that, they had to submit to Allah's will in the process. So that is how we call them role models for us. So as you can see now, this class of people is higher than the first who say that Allah is my Lord in life. Whether they call others to Allah or not, that, that's not the issue. Here, this is a grade above them. And they, because they call people towards Allah, they know that Allah will test them. There's no doubt in that. Allah will test you. If you call people towards anything, you'll be tested. You call people, invite people to food, you'll be tested. Why? Someone will say, no, I'm not coming. You'll be disappointed. Someone will come and say, your food was no good. <laughs> you'll be not disappointed, you'll be angry. <laughs> I'm not inviting this one again. Right? So the, the nature of calling to anything is that there's going to be acceptance and there's going to be denial. There's going to be rejection and there's going to be approval. There's going to be disappointment and there's going to be pleasure and joy. That's just the nature of calling. Calling means that you have to face all of this. Now, when you're calling to the greatest of the great, who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're going to be faced with these situations and circumstances. So there you must now concede and acquiesce. Innani minal muslimin, I am from those who submit to Allah and Allah's will and Allah's plan and whatever it is. So uh, this is much more than saying that Allah is my Lord. Because that is a micro, micro level, personal and private. This is at the social level. Now, this is not just extending to you, it's extending to other people. So there you have a much broader platform and you need a bigger heart and you need much more determination, strength and stamina. Then that's why maybe uh, too many people are not in this field mm, because it's very difficult, it's very tough. Oh, Allah chooses a few people uh, every hundred years or so to do this work. <clears throat> yeah, so we must now just strive to be from the first group and say that, Rabbunallah, my Lord is Allah. I don't want to be tested the way they're tested. Uh, remain just opt, opt out of it. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know your own strengths and weaknesses. Anyway, so this is how we see now this uh, comparison uh, between uh, the contrast between the kufr and iman. Then the people of kufr, they call people towards rejecting Islam, the Quran, and 
uh, distorting the Quran and distorting the truth and the people who believe uh, they have istiqamah and then people who are chosen they call people towards Allah and for that they follow the road and the way that Allah, the way that Allah wants them to follow inshallah. then the concluding statement uh, will come the next time we meet inshallah which will hopefully be next week anyway Allah khair uh, we'll make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to recite the Qur'an and to learn from it and to adapt everything that it says. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us uh, from this world in a state of iman and belief and resurrect us with iman and belief and allow us to enter his jannah, inshallah. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqi. Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya 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 rah